this is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the Clutter Chronicles podcast, one woman's journey through stuff. This is a serial podcast about a recovering hoarder named Mary, who lets me ask her anything I want about her struggle. She is honest and brave every single conversation. We are so grateful for your comments, likes, reviews, and for subscribing to our show. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com, a place that pairs digital creators like me with people who want to support them. Maybe someone like you. Last time, Mary was starting to let go of old thoughts and old ways. A very big step in the right direction. In today's conversation, we learn that Mary did get the garage cleared out, but it brought anxiety more than anything, which honestly was a big surprise to me. Hey, Mary. Hello. Welcome back. Gosh. It's been a while. We could be a little clunky with ourselves, but um, we just figured out that it's been three months since we've talked, and we do some texting in between and chit-chatting in between, but we try not to talk too much about what's going on because I want to record it. Mm-hmm. So we got to get back up to, to speed with each other. Um, I know the last time we talked, parking in your garage was still not a reality. And I know, because you texted me, mm-hmm. that it now is. So mm-hmm. I want to start with that, mm-hmm. because that seems like such a, a victory for you. Tell me how that kind of came to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was wondering if we had talked about this. See, this is a point. I'm to the point where I don't know what we've talked about. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, at least in the beginning, I knew we hadn't talked about anything. Right. But now, <laughs> now, you guys are caught in my head. So, um... All right. Did I talk about letting go of my mom's dried flowers? I don't think so. Oh. Okay, well, I think that was a precipitating event of getting uh, to this um, goal. So, when, okay, how do I explain this? I'm distracted. <laughs> That's okay. What are you distracted by? Do we need to talk about that? I'm watching you. Oh, I'm watching me like, did that beep just happen on our thing? <laughs> we may be editing some of I this out. So. <laughs> Sorry. This is me when I've just lost it. Okay. Well, is that even where you want to start? <laughs> Okay, I've never had you break down an absolute hysterical this laughter is, before. I, I think this is the opposite of crying. Oh, <laughs> This is me right now. I'm just a, I'm a basket case. Yeah? Well, do you want to talk about what's going on? Let's, let's, let's go there. there. Okay. Um, so, um, I, I can't talk about this without crying, but it doesn't mean I'm in pain. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which is so odd, but um when you're going through a lot of change, you start questioning everything in your life. 
And I think that's why you're not supposed to change overnight. Mm. Because if I, I went in a cocoon and emerged as a butterfly tomorrow, I think I'd be like, what the heck happened? Who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's time that has to come through. And I have to, I have to experience it in a short uh, amount so that you can readjust and reestablish your equilibri- equilibrium and I don't know how to explain it, but um, oh, it makes sense. Lately, I've had such um, uh, forced changes on me, either forced by myself, forced by my wishes, my goals, or forced by life, that um, I'm very um, un- I'm not unstable. I'm not even that. It's it's just. Uh, um, I, unbalanced? I don't know. I don't know what the right Disequilibrium? word. Disequilibrium? Yeah. Um, disconcerning, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't... And um, what happened is uh, I did I did get the garage empty. And um, that was the biggest hooray because it's like that was one dragon slayed and gone. And that dragon was a big, big dragon. And there's always this anxiety of um, all these things you have to do every day. But when it's staring you in the face when you open up the garage, it's it's got more impact. And knowing that we can't park there in the winter. So every fall, it's a, um, it's a scramble because I, it's like it's, I'm keenly aware of my inability to use the garage again for a, a, a many months. And what I mean by that is it's not attached to our house. So the only time we ever go in there in the winter is to get the snowblower. Otherwise, why would you go in this cold shelter? And if I need something, I have to literally um, dress like I'm going up to, you know, Alaska. Because if I'm in there for any length of time, I'm freezing. There's, it's like it's colder in there than it is normal. I don't. It's because there's a lot of moisture that comes through mm. the garage, mm-hmm. and so I consider it hell on earth. And I, I don't like the place anyway on a good day. That's why I need the sun. And, you know, when it's a sunny day, I can be optimistic. I can go in there, slay a dragon, and get out. Well, um, like we were just talking, I did managed to clean out the garage to a point where it actually looks like a normal garage. It still has stuff in it and we could park two we could feasibly park two vehicles in there. Um and what we have in there right now still is the boat. And if we could shimmy the boat a little closer to one side, we could put the truck in there. And that was my hope. Mm-hmm. Because then we wouldn't have to be shimmying our cars around because you can't park on the street in the winter. Well, <clears throat> we realized that it couldn't be done. The only vehicles that could fit in the in the garage would be our smaller vehicles, but that doesn't help because we still have to shimmy around. So we have not been using the garage the way I wanted to use it this winter, but there's the, there's the possibility we could. Mm-hmm. And... Um, What's interesting about that is the first few weeks after I had gotten that garage livable again, there was such a relief on me, but I was also, it was like a loss because that was such a focus for so long mm. that it's now gone. And now what do I do with that 
focus. And when it was, uh, you know, we still had some pretty days and nice days. And every time that there's a nice day, I think I need to get out in the garage. And so it would, I had this happen several times where it was a beautiful day and I'd be like, oh, oh, I don't need to go out there. And it was a strange experience because it's like I, it's not like I didn't know what to do with myself, but it was just, it wasn't, I, I, I don't know how to explain mm. it. So I had to kind of push through that and recognize how much time it's been taken of my, how much time in my head mm-hmm. it's taken up. And when I cleaned out the garage, part of the reason why I was able to is I, I brought in the last few boxes to sort. And, you know, I think I've talked about this before, that my everything has to come through the house, basically, because I have to work in the kitchen because it's the only workspace I have. And, and I think the last time we spoke, I talked about how I had brought all this stuff into the house and almost recreated what it was like in the old days, mm. and I almost freaked out. Well, I was able to get most of that gone or quieted down or whatever. And um, some things have changed. Like one thing, uh, we had a kitty that we've had for 13 years that was actually 23 years old, and we had to put him down. Mm. And it was... It was so hard on us because he was not a kitty. He was a little, he, he, he was in control of the house. But there was a lot of things we had set up for him because he was elderly that now I had the space because he's no longer needing that space. Mm. And it means I could use the laundry room a little more. So I've been kind of turning the laundry room into ground zero. So I'm trying to... And it's kind of interesting because if I'm doing laundry, I can sort through stuff while I'm doing laundry, and I kind of kind of keeps the momentum going. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a beginning, a middle, and end, and it can kind of kind of keep me on a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful for this, and I was so hopeful for it that when we decided to adopt a dog, and I realized that this extra space and extra time and freedom that I received is being gobbled up buy a new dog I about lost it Mm. and it was really like crisis time like I was my brain was about to explode because it was like I had made no progress Mm. everything it's funny because I have these little places in the house where I could kind of mark uh as a place to set some boxes while I'm working on them every space that I had has been taken up by a dog including this one little space in the kitchen has now a kennel in it, <laughs> which is actually taking up more space. And it taking, it's taking, it's not space I had to give. <sighs> so anyway, um, it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, it's Advent and you're preparing for Christmas and you're supposed to be opening your heart to people and you're supposed to be letting the Lord in these kind of things and I was like closing up I was freaking out it was like the 15th of December I didn't want the dog um I love I wanted the dog I just didn't want him now mm-hmm. and um I was I was just falling apart and I remember going to church and saying I don't have any room for Ollie that's our dog mm. I don't have any room in my heart for him 
how am I supposed to have room in my heart for God when I don't even have room for a dog? It's funny, dog and God. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you Christians, you just have the funniest jokes. <laughs> or I'm dyslexic. <laughs> One of the two. There's that joke wondering if there really is a dog. Oh, anyway. Um... And I realized the the irony of this, and how um, this is going to sound like I'm beating myself up, but how selfish I was being. And part of the problem with your with hoarding is that you're focused on yourself, and in order to get through it, you have to be focused on mm. yourself. It's kind of a catch twenty two. And I was trying to. Uh, coaxed myself out of this condition and I I, once I said it out loud that I don't have any room for Ollie things started to change mm. so isn't that amazing how that happens <laughs> yes <laughs> and it was a shameful thing to think who, who doesn't have room for a puppy <laughs> lots of people <laughs> a little face looking at you but all the responsibilities that go with mm-hmm. it and at one point I said to my husband, um, well, let me give you a little update. Um, I haven't slept in two weeks. Um, I'm under so much stress. I'm about ready to explode. I finally make some space in the house, and it's been taken up by a puppy. And he's like, well, you could have told me this two weeks ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I didn't really realize what was happening until I was in the midst of it. And uh, to explain that, the last, I'd say, two months I have not been sleeping properly. And that's my go-to. I mean, that's my secret to life is when there's all hell breaking loose, you go stick your head in a pillow and deal with it. That's how I dealt with my depression. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do, but it is my go-to. Mm-hmm. And Tried I don't... and true right, strategy. Right, and somehow it was kind of like... Um, giving up the control and it's all going to be okay kind of thing. It's like an exercise. And I haven't been able to do that. I haven't been able to do that in quite some time. Mm. Something's changed. And I would I would liken it to uh, uh, pressure or stress or deadlines or whatever I'm putting it on, on myself and they're still running in my head when I'm sleeping. And I never used to have that. I used to check... When I was in college, I would have, like, mid-quarter exams the next day and forget and go to bed. I mean, just let it go. Hmm. So it, it it was my way of dealing with stress, and my little tools have been one by one removed. Hmm. So I recognize I'm also not functioning the way I normally would. So that's where, I, that's where I've been for the last month or so in this... High anxiety, um, I can't take it anymore, Calgon take me away, that kind of stuff. And a good example is my dad uh, ended up um, having a problem with gout, and we put him on some medicine and um, took him to the doctor. He had gone to the urgent care for the gout, and then I made an appointment the week later to bring him in. And they put him on prednisone, and it was supposed to be short-term, and they were going to put him on another drug, and... And then Ollie came, and then all of a sudden it's the end of January, and I'm like, 
what about that other drug? How come they never sent me this other drug? I'm calling the doctor, I'm asking them to fill it, and, and they're calling me to tell me they filled it. And as we're talking, I realize I have it. Mm. I confiscated it from him because he started to take these on his own. If they came, they used to come in his mailbox and he would take the meds only from the little um, dispenser. But when they get to his mailbox from his pharmacy in his building, he started to open up the bottles and take them as well. So I started confiscating things and keeping them from coming to his apartment and I forgot about them. Hmm. And it was dated December 13th. And I just looked at my calendar today to see what was going on. That was right in the midst of this, mm-hmm. you know, disaster-filled life. So <clears throat> we're getting him all straightened out. He's on the right meds now. But it's like, I'm supposed to be taking care of him. I can't even take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it just, I'm in a huge transition. And when my therapist talks about is I'm learning how to relate to the world separate from relating to my stuff. Mm. That's intriguing. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard because it's been such a focus. Well, it's been all my life, but as trying to get past this for, what, 20 years? 10 years for sure when I was aware I was a hoarder. So it's a it's a grief mm. it's a grieving it's a uh what's what's my uh purpose kind of thing that's a lot yeah so yay that i got the garage emptied but it was kind of the beginning of this unraveling of oh my gosh what's going on and what i've had to do is when i have so much to do i'll say mary you used to have this much to do and a full garage you have an empty garage. So look how much further, just by chipping it away a little bit, you were able to get rid mm-hmm. of it. So. Wow. Now that's that's something that might be obvious to certain people that you would experience this grief, but that's not something I was expecting mm-hmm. you to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting it to be all pure joy. Right. And now, now look what I have room for, and isn't it all good? <laughs> mm-hmm. But Which it I, makes what I tapped into sense right now that you're telling this um, experience that yeah unraveling something that has been such a part of your life would be kind of scary and and maybe there you've been keeping it so you wouldn't have to address this question right and now now here you are you're, absolutely you don't have a choice. You do. You could go back to filling it up, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what a lot of people do: mm-hmm. is they get to this moment mm-hmm. and say, "Wow, it's not worth it. I don't want to. I don't want to figure this out." Or maybe they're not even conscious, but they're so uncomfortable. Right. Do you know what it was feeling like? And I, it, it would. I, I always have to come up with analogies so I can understand myself. It's like the prisoner who's been in prison for their whole life, and mm-hmm. then they're released, and they don't know how to function. Right. right? And that's what it felt like. I mean, it's like that's what it, it's like everything's different. It's the same sun, you know, but everything's different underneath mm. it. And we hear people who recommit yep. and go back. Because they're not, they're full of anxiety out in the real world. Right. 
So you're conscious of this spot, Mm -hmm. and you're working with your therapist, Mm -hmm. and is that helping get through this? It is. She's been very worried about me. My anxiety has skyrocketed. Um, I also, I'm not surprised by that because this is also the season where everyone makes cookies, and I can't say no. And so we just came past that, and this is like the, the, the... point where I'm like, I'm going to start over, I'm going to eat well, I'm going to quit eating the sugar, blah, blah, blah. And I know that that has a a huge effect on my brain. Mm. And what's interesting about that is when you're stressed, what do you do? You turn to the same things that are killing you. And I was just constantly eating cookies, cookies and brownies and whatever comes your way. (laughs) Short-term comforts, yes. Yes. So, little by little, I've I've been distancing myself from those bad habits, and I know my body is trying to get stronger. And you know, it's amazing what we, what punishment we do, do to ourselves, but somehow our bodies can will uh, come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know how to heal. Yeah, we let them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of focusing on that and trying to also. Uh, give myself permission to just be. And one of the challenges that my therapist gave me was to just work on my stuff once a week, one mm. day a week. Ooh. That's, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And in fact, that was suggested right before all hell broke loose in the mid-December, but I haven't gotten... I haven't experienced a full week of that yet. <laughs> that is so brilliant. Yes. It really is. Yeah. So that your life isn't about dealing with your stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. That's my big goal. Smart cookie. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of good ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. If, yeah, if you can... Well, it sounds like you're shooting for it, mm-hmm. at least. You haven't necessarily done it. I'll tell you, you said, that whenever, whenever it seems, okay, this, okay, this could be considered superstitious, but whenever I have something like that where it seems like a ideal goal, all hell breaks loose against it. Hmm. And so it's not only that I'm fighting what I was naturally fighting, but all of a sudden everything has stepped it up. Hmm. And the chaos and the things coming at me, the other thing she's told me to do is start saying no. And I guess the only thing I've said no to is that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't listen to you. (laughs) Great suggestion, therapist. (laughs) What are you supposed to say no to? Do you know? Well, she's like, um, when people invite you to something, just say no. Um, I I, I, I will have to check my schedule, but at this point I'll have to say no. Just to politely not get involved in everything. I am pretty busy. Okay. But I kind of equated that as kind of like the pulling me out of my my old self. Right. And so it was kind of like a taste of what life would be if I didn't have to be juggling all these things. So yeah. I was using it kind of as a carrot to mm-hmm. to draw me out. Um but she's thinking it's adding to my anxiety, and it, it could be. 
Yeah, what do you think? I think it's probably both. I, I've always been someone that over commits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm so interested in doing everything that I want to do it all. And I recognize that when you say yes to one thing, you could be saying no to something else. But in all honesty, when I've been saying yes to this, the only thing I'm saying no to is the hell at home. <laughs> and maybe I need a distance from that. Mm-hmm. And with that thought... I've talked about how I can make a mess and then I have to clean it up and I make a mess and I clean it up. And I've been analyzing that and I really think there is something true to distancing yourself. So if I could do her goal of this is all I can do in one day on this subject, just like any other subject, you know, I can work on my stuff one day a week and then have the permission to be a normal human being all the rest of the days. Um, it would distance me from it. Mm-hmm. So then that one day comes along and I would have a fresh look on it, which is when I actually get more done. It's right. when it's just hitting me nonstop. Right. Day after day. Yeah. Chinese water torture comes to mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So my biggest focus lately has been just papers and um, trying to keep my dad's mail under control and my mail under control and trying to come up with ways to quickly uh, dump stuff, quickly make a decision. Um, I'm not the best at that, but I can at least say this stuff's important, this stuff's junk, and that's dividing and conquering, mm-hmm. you know. Um, before it was, I need to look at it all. So, I mean, I've made some progress there. And I... I'm pretty excited about spring because I won't need to worry about the garage. And I was even thinking today that a lot of the stuff that I have all ready to go doesn't have to go right now. And I could just go haul it in the garage and give myself a break Mm. if I could just get myself to do that. Mm -hmm. Wow. This new space Mm -hmm. has a lot of um, nicks and crannies and, and monsters Maybe. Lurking. Yeah. And it sounds like it's hard and you're struggling. And if you're able to talk about it and be aware of it, it seems like that's part of the battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Beware of opening space, mm-hmm. huh? Pandora's box. And yet... That's what you want. Right. That's what you want, is to look at this question, finally, what am I here for? And it's not to deal with my stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like it's been hard, Mary. It's been a tough one. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you always bravely share, and I appreciate that. I have something else I want to talk to you about, but we'll save that for another session. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And that ends today's Chronicle. We just heard the reason why merely clearing out a hoarder's house doesn't work. If the anxiety isn't addressed, it will just fill back up. Mary is facing demon after demon trying to get to the bottom of this thing. 
If you'd like to connect with us in between episodes, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Cluttercron. Many thanks to my brother Michael for his gorgeous music. Find him on lowlife.com. I'm Lori Koppelman. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles. Mm-hmm.